Welcome to episode 5 of the Overthinking Podcast. Guys, this is a very exciting episode because we have our first ever guest, the one and only Unjada Jade. <laughs> ah, oh my god, hi guys. Oh, this is such an honour to be your first guest, wow. Yeah, it's an honour yeah, for amazing. us. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself to all the listeners, who you are? Oh my god, yeah. Um, what to even say? <laughs> Hi guys, uh, my name is Jade. Uh, you might know me as Unjaded Jade. I have a YouTube channel where um, I started in the study tube space, talking mainly about my experiences at school and in the education system and talking about mental health. But my channel has evolved. I'm now at university. I also make vlog style content about positivity and self-love and motivation. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. This is so cool. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Make sure to check out Jade's stuff if you haven't already. Um, Jade, do you want to start us off with your high of the week? Good moment. Ooh, yes. Good moment. Oh my god. So many little things. Like I love summer. Summer's just so chill. Um, oh, do you know what's really cool? So I have a book, Crazy, which is publishing, like next week i don't Today, know when you're gonna release this released, but yeah, it's, yeah oh yeah wait what oh my god that's so weird <laughs> to imagine okay wow so my book is publishing today which is mad um and i have a friend who's an author and he's kind of been my mentor throughout the journey of writing the book and i had a call with him today and it's just so weird being able to like show him the book in my hands and be like oh my god like this is a real thing oh. yeah that was definitely a high that sounds amazing yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what about you guys? What are your highs? Oh my god. Well, we literally just recorded the last episode yesterday, but since then, I think going out for lunch today with my mum and my sister was really nice because because mm. of COVID, of course, we haven't been out like for lunches and brunches very often. So that was just quite nice. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, okay. For me, well, besides this, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine yesterday, so I'm a little drowsy, but besides Oof. that, it's all good. Hey, yeah, nice. so that was probably my Is it true? so unfair, though, because <laughs> I'm too young to get it yet. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so true. So I'm just waiting to my birthday or until waiting they... Waiting for your hot back summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably next summer. Do you want to get into Lowe's? The not so great bit oh my god yeah Lowe's uh, I think oh my god this the name of your podcast is so perfect for me <laughs> because I just overthink everything and like summer's yeah. amazing because it's more free time but it's also just more time of me sat in my room like overthinking life um and I had a day like two days ago where I don't know, I was just feeling really anxious and just overthinking life and doing the classic thing where you compare yourself to everyone on mm -hmm. social media and just scrolling endlessly. Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a low moment. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know, I, I'm going to amount to nothing in life. Like, I mean, it's just so, yeah, social media does that sometimes. Yeah, the name yeah. is definitely on brand for us as well. I can relate <laughs> to that. Yeah. Well, I went to the dentist today, which is obviously great. And it's like <laughs> something that has to be done, but it's also yeah. like kind of, you know, get a bit anxious and also a bit painful, but at least my teeth are clean. Mm. So kind of good and bad side of that, but kind of a low. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know. It's been a good week. I did also go to the dentist <laughs> yesterday and I guess maybe I could just oh, wow. double down on <laughs> it. It is a bit of a painful experience, but the afterwards is, yeah. afterwards is nice. 
Guys, you're making me feel insecure about my teeth. I feel like I should go to the dentist. <laughs> no, I can't remember the last time I went. Since I haven't been in like six months, so. Yeah, no, six months. I haven't been since like before COVID. <laughs> Literally, ages. Um, okay, now the intro is kind of over. Do we want to get into you, Jade, your journey, how you oh, started on so YouTube, <laughs> all that? Oh God. Okay, how I started on YouTube. Maybe it's a good place to start. Um, yeah, so I don't, I was like the last people anyone expected, uh, the last person anyone expected to be a YouTuber because I just wasn't really that into YouTube culture growing up. Mm. Like I was just this nerdy girl at school <laughs> who like cared too much about grades and would like always read so much and just want to do well at school. Um, but I was also a very stressed person and like during GCSEs, uh, I don't know, I, it was just, my mental health wasn't very good. And I didn't have an older sibling who was there to kind of help me and tell me how to make it better. Um, yeah, so when I got past GCSEs and I realized that it really wasn't that bad and a lot of it had just been in my head, the stress of it all, uh, I started mentoring younger people. And I started realizing that there wasn't really a place online or on YouTube where students could just go to relate to other students. And no one was really talking about the education system and how stressful it was and revision techniques like I found myself in my free time like researching revision techniques that would actually work and mm-hmm. study tips and that kind of thing but you didn't really get taught it at school and that was something I would be mentoring students in so I was like wait why don't I make a YouTube channel out of this like maybe someone else will find this useful so yeah like I kind of started from like a weird place I guess and I saved up for a camera and then for Christmas my parents split half of it I got the other half and I taught myself how to edit and then post my first video about like A-level revision and from there was shocked to find out <laughs> that people actually wanted this kind of stuff and wanted more study tips and study with me videos where I would literally just film myself revising and people would come and like revise with me um, and I was really lucky because I went from 400 subscribers to 10,000 in a week in April of that oh year. Oh my god. So it was like, oh my gosh. Like little old me like revising every day at school <laughs> to being like, oh wait, I actually have like a YouTube channel, like a proper YouTube channel now. Um yeah, and from there just kept making videos and then that's kind of where I am today. That's, that's so cool, yeah. Amazing. I have a lot of friends with older siblings. I'm the oldest. I have two younger siblings, but I've nice always I think that's such a good point and not just your YouTube channel, but your book to like help kind of have that perspective of someone who's been through it. I'm sure that's really beneficial. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm a younger sibling, so can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> You're so lucky. I swear being the older sibling is like being a guinea pig in everything. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, But your channel name, how did you come up with that? Like did you, like, what was the idea process? Because I know, for me, mine's literally just my name, nothing creative. But, like, how did you work <laughs> with yours? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think growing up, obviously, like, you look at words which are similar to your name. And, like, I just hated that the one word most similar to the word jade is jaded. <laughs> which means, like, really bored, unenthusiastic, just, like when you're kind of like tired and done with life, you say someone's jaded. I was like, well, that's so sad that my name, (laughs) the closest word, the closest adjective has that meaning. Um, And then I just noticed that no one really ever used the word unjaded. And I kind of liked it because I feel like I'm the opposite of jaded. So yeah, that's sort of how it it started. 
Yeah. It's really cool. And I also didn't want to like only stick to like studying stuff because I thought one day maybe I'd make like mm-hmm. vlogs or other content. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it sounds nice too. It's kind of like unjaded jade, like it sticks in your head. So yeah. props to you. Well. <laughs> okay. So let's talk. You said that you went from 400 subscribers to 10,000 in a week. But I think in the first year you reached 100,000, right? Yes. So talk about like how how it felt to like grow fast and blow up on on YouTube as a platform. Ooh. Um I think it was really weird because obviously I was going to school every day still. Like mm. I, I had a like a really normal life. Like Carmen, I bet you relate too. Like I thought <laughs> you had a lot of huge growth this year, but mm. at the end of the day you're still just like a normal person living your normal life. Yeah. It's just suddenly people are somehow invested in it too and like (laughs) care a little bit more like it's such a strange experience um yeah I think it was just a lot of learning like starting to also learn about the behind the scenes industry that exists around social media that I didn't even know was there like you know you have you start to be approached by brands or networks or managements all these like scary things that you're never taught about you sort of just have to navigate yourself Mm -hmm. um but at the same time, it was amazing because I got to like have all these like-minded people I got to speak to and connect to online. I made so many online friends. Um, and in the StudyTube community there, some of those people are still some of my closest friends today. And that was in that first year that I got to know them. Yeah, so cool. I can definitely relate to some of that, especially with the brands. What was actually your first like brand experience? Because I feel like a lot of people oh. have different like stories in terms yeah. of this. Um, I think my first one that I actually said yes to was NCS. I don't know if you know NCS. I think so. Yeah. It's like a very UK thing. Well, like, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't know what this is. Um, Yeah. It's like, is it a government program? I don't know. It's like a program, kind of like a summer camp for people who are 16. Like, yeah, this summer thing where you go and it's really fun. You do like volunteering, you get taken on like a trip where you do team building with these (laughs) other teenagers you've never met before and I had done that the year before and I loved it so I made a video talking about it and then NCS reached out to me and they're like oh like would you like to do another video talking about your experience and get other people to sign up and that was the first one where I was like oh this is a brand that like I actually really love like I did this um so I want more people to do it too yeah so many are just so scary like the whole world of (laughs) I don't know, like money and like rates. And you're yeah. like, I don't know. Like I would talk about this almost for free because I just like what you do, you know? It's so weird. Yeah, because you've yeah. worked with some really cool brands. Yeah, no, I've been really lucky. Oh, even Notion. You know, you said that you yeah. guys use Notion Love to help Notion. plan the podcast. Love, Love Notion. Notion. Yeah, literally. literally. My whole life, like my uni <laughs> life, my YouTube life, mm-hmm. my personal life is all on Notion. The fact I got to do a brand deal with them. Mm-hmm. So cool. It's so nice. Yeah, and you said you said a bit earlier that you were you thought you would be like the last person to start a YouTube channel. So did it take you a while to like get comfortable with it, especially growing so fast, like comfortable on camera, or just like was it ever weird to think about how many people were just like watching your life? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just I'm sometimes really introverted and sometimes really mm-hmm. extroverted. I feel like I have a weird personality. And there are times when 
I just was so overwhelmed by even people in my school like coming up to me or sometimes people would wait outside my classroom in like year seven or year eight and be like oh my god you're the youtube girl can you sign my planner literally once i came out of the sick form block and there was just like a massive group like of year sevens and eight it was like 50 of them standing oh, outside and i was like oh maybe they've got a class here and i came out and all of their heads just like snapped to me and they're like jane like i'm just trying to go to my lesson like this is so weird Um, or oh my god one really weird thing that happened um is when i when my channel first like blew up i guess um my chemistry teacher just came over to me and whispered we all watched your videos in the staff room That's so, like, oh, that's so weird. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. Uh, so the thought of like my teachers seeing me in like my house, yeah. like me just reading really casual, like it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, being recognised too, just to like add to your question, I guess, was really like surreal at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Totally I I don't know if any of my teachers have seen my channel. I hope not, but if they're listening right now. <laughs> Because uh, I guess, like, with COVID and stuff, like, you probably weren't in school as much either, like, yeah. the last year. Yeah, it was wow. kind of crazy, though, because, like, I went from, I don't even know how much, but not even, I think, 10k to, like, now over 200,000 subscribers over COVID, and then it's, like, I come back to school and there are people in other years who, like, know who I am. Wow, it's crazy. yeah. But what's that been like for you, Carmen? Oh, some weird experiences as well, like... There's, there was a time when I was in the lunch hall and there were these girls like outside the door and they like every time I turn my head they'd be like hiding <laughs> really strange and like I can see you yeah and then there was this one time where I was walking past the lunch hall a different one and these girls like yelled my name <laughs> I was like um, I just kept walking because oh I was gosh. like uh, okay hi mm. yeah strange yeah because that happened wow. for you pretty quickly like over the time over the time where you were out of school, you kind of came back as like a new, people had a new perception of you. Yeah. It's been strange. What about you, Will? Being an online creator, how do your friends find it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I've always been like more public about it. I was never the person to be like, mm. I don't like not talk about it, I guess. Um, since I don't have as like large of a following, it's more of like a joke. Like, I guess people <laughs> kind of interpret it as like, yeah, he makes videos, but no. you know, it's fine. No, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for what I have. But in my hometown, where I am now, back in Colorado, mm-hmm. I guess it's like pretty common knowledge. Like everyone kind of knows everyone, so you hear things. So whenever I go to like, not whenever, but sometimes when I go to like Target or the supermarket, like twelve <laughs> year olds or someone would like come up and they'll be like, "Oh my god, you're the kid who makes YouTube videos." And I'm like, "That's me." You got it. So it's, I don't know. I like it. I'm, I've always found it fun, but I've had it for longer than Carmen for sure. So I've kind of gotten a little more used to people just like knowing that I upload my life on the internet. Yeah. Jade, did you tell people in the beginning or was it like, you know, do you tell family or friends or how did you start in that way? Oh my God. This was such a hard decision because I didn't want to tell anyone. Yeah. Like, I don't know especially when like you don't have that many followers or subscribers Mm -hmm. you do feel like it's embarrassing or a bit of a joke and I was so scared of being made fun of at school but then I kind of thought to myself if I own it like if I tell people first then they can't really make fun of me for it Mm. or at least that's like that was what I thought 
So I think I put it on my Instagram at that time. So it's like all my friends, all the people who followed me could be like, okay, well, she's starting videos, like good for her. Um, but yeah, there were definitely a few mean people like, mm. in physical form. Like I heard people watching them like in the corner and I'd walk in and they sort of just like look up, stop the video and like laugh to themselves. Uh, but it's okay. I guess that's part of the journey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, good for you though for not hacking that because yeah, there are going to be rude people whatever you do so you might as well just be confident in it right that's true um but quickly before we like move on to something else do you want to give any advice for someone starting youtube i know you probably get asked this all the time like so do i but just one tip that you'd give someone interested in starting oh okay i think one of the first things like if you want it to grow is to have some kind of niche or like consistent thing that you want to do online Mm because I think that's what really helped me is like being known for something and like that thing was study tube um because then when people are invested in you and who you are and your personality then you can make other stuff you can make vlogs and people are there for you anyway um so I think for growth that makes sense but more generally just like whatever's authentic to you like Mm -hmm. it can be so hard to speak on camera and having the confidence anyway is so hard, but I would say just go for it. And like you learn as you do it. You do get better over time. Everyone's cringy at the start. Yeah. But yeah, you just gotta do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, so let's move on. I know that we just discussed StudyTube, but um, let's talk a little more about that in your book and like all things that revolve around that. Like I am not as familiar with StudyTube. I've recently gotten into it um, and kind of, discovered what that is but I still would love to hear like your perspective yeah sure oh my god I literally have a copy of the book here like in my ah, hands and it's so, so cool like, seeing my name on a book um yeah so I guess StudyTube was born out of this need to like talk about the struggles that student students are facing generally like the stress of having exams and not knowing really how to revise for them and everyone sort of working it out and like using other people's experiences to make their own life easier. Um, and I found the comments sections in StudyTube are just generally so warm. Like students be like, oh, you know, I'm really struggling with procrastination and I've got a test coming up. Like guys help motivate me. And then like so many people replying being like, oh, me too. Like, you know, but we'll get through it together. So I just found it was like such a warm, supportive community and all the other creators in it. Just generally so lovely, like just really normal people. Um, Yes. And the reason that I wanted to put it into a book is kind of to make it more evergreen, like all this advice that I know I would have wanted at like 15 or 16. And so my book is kind of a mixture between like evidence based revision techniques that work based off of the science of learning and my experience and other students experiences, but also looking more holistically at what affects you as a student. So like, perfectionism, fear of failure, like the expectations of peers and family to do well. And also looking at the education system and looking at you as like this tiny agent in it. And kind of just trying to give you perspective beyond what you're in, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because I think while you're in school, so people can get so wrapped up in grades such that you kind of attach your sense of self-worth to them or you define yourself in like, oh, I'm an A student, I'm a B student, I'm a D student. Um, and just trying to see that at the end of the day, you can only do your best. We're all stressed. We're all trying our hardest. We all want to succeed. Um, but also recognizing that the education system as it stands right now 
it only measures a very narrow type of intelligence too. Mm-hmm. Like it is kind of learn this and put it on a piece of paper. And there are also so many other types of intelligence, like emotional intelligence um, that aren't currently measured. So yeah, so it's like, here's how to do really well, but also here's how to recognize yourself within the system, see it way better. And like, if you don't do that well, it's not the end of the world because the, the academicism the the academic system isn't everything yeah that sounds amazing yeah not only is it like so impressive that you wrote a book in general i could never imagine doing that (laughs) but like i feel like you have such a nice outlook and it's going to be really beneficial so i can't wait to read it personally yeah i've got it pre-ordered oh you're so cute (laughs) guys thank you no it means the world um, but I was looking on a channel and you like document a lot of stuff about your uni experience, like applying and mm-hmm. like interviews and all of that. Do you want to explain it? Because I was very confused. Like there's a lot, oh, yeah, sure. there's like Oxford and then there's like the seven countries thing and it's a lot. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it must be such a mess. Like if you haven't followed <laughs> my life to like now try and understand my university journey. Um, yes, so I applied in the UK for five unis, mm-hmm. one of which my dream uni was Oxford University. I, oh my god, I wanted to go there so bad. You see the like Hogwarts like <laughs> yeah. tables and stuff and the, the gowns that they wear to exams, like it just <laughs> looks so fancy. Um, yeah, but I was rejected and I vlogged my whole experience. I vlogged like being interviewed for it and stuff and then after having taken the internet along on that journey only to be rejected and it was like something that I really you know wanted so much at the time that was really tough Mm -hmm. um that was actually probably one of my hardest times on the internet just because it felt like so many people were like involved in that journey um but I took a gap year and that ended up being one of the best decisions of my whole life like I went traveling I got to understand myself so much more I, as someone who is really academic, I finally got to live outside of an education system and sort of realise like how much unnecessary pressure I put on myself and all that kind of stuff. Um, And as I was on my travels and learning so much from meeting all these different people around the world, I realised like I kind of wanted something more from university, but I didn't know what that was. Like I was considering studying abroad or like I was looking at universities elsewhere. and then one day I found this university called Minerva and it had only been around for like five or six years. My family were like, this is a scam. This is fake. Like, why are you you've literally gone from like Oxford University to a university that says they're going to let you study in seven countries across your four year degree? Like, what the actual hell? That sounds like a scam. Um, but I don't know, something about it just felt gut feeling right. Like their whole approach to education is kind of flipping higher education on its head. So for example, instead of having lectures where you attend, you listen, you make your notes and then you do an exam, everything is active learning. So it's like you go, you have to do all the readings for the class before you go to a class. So you don't get taught it there, you kind of teach yourself. And then you go into a class and it's more like, discussion being tested being grilled on it within the class to like deepen an understanding of something that you've already had to do reading on which is so tough like it's really scary um but I love it at the same time I feel like I'm just so engaged in whatever we're learning 
and it's more interdisciplinary so it lets you do like a major and a minor and have electives in different courses as opposed to just studying um, one thing and then it also has this element of being really international so I'm the only British person on my course which is crazy because like in first year I shared a room with a girl from Vietnam and a girl from Nigeria and wow. it's just so cool because everything about being at the uni is like you travel but you also live with really diverse people and then you're learning in this really active way so it's like intense but it's amazing oh and we also have to do an internship in each of the cities that we go to so it's like wow. you're also forced to like learn about the working culture and the place that you're in that sounds so cool. Yeah, it sounds really cool. It definitely sounds like a lot, but it's been really yeah. interesting to like, from an outsider's perspective, to keep up with you and be like, oh, she's back in the UK now, or oh, she's in Seoul, <laughs> or it's like, it's been really interesting. It's a bit messy. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's so cool. Like seven countries in four years, mm. that's wild. And you probably have learned so it much from that alone, especially the internship yeah. thing. Like you really get a taste of the culture, right? Yeah, like last semester, I lived in South Korea, which is just like, even saying that is so weird. Cause like, honestly, if you'd gone to me like three or four years ago, I would never have imagined that that'd be me. Like, I didn't even know that I would ever travel to a place like South Korea in my whole lifetime. And I got to live there for like five months. Um, yeah, you do learn a lot for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I can relate to what you said about being like the only Brit, even though I'm not British, but um, where I'm from in the US is not, diverse in the least bit like everyone's more or less mm. from the same place has the same story and then hmm. I moved to Germany a couple of years ago and I'm like one of the only Americans in my entire school oh, so all my yeah. friends are from I go to an international school so all my friends are from mm -hmm. all over the world and it's been really interesting to go from like a very like similar culture to like so mm. experiencing so many different things so that must be really nice oh wow how did you find that at first was it quite overwhelming Yes. So I, I knew that I was going to move like six months before we actually left. So I had like my, I had time to make my peace with it. And like we visited and I got to meet some of the kids, which was really nice. But yeah, definitely. It was definitely overwhelming. That's a great word for it because this is all that I had known. I lived here for 13 years yeah. and to go from that to something that is so different. And I didn't know anything about Germany at the time either. It was just really surprising, but I'm so glad that I went. It's been really nice. So cool. You guys have such cool, like, stories with your traveling and school stuff that I'm just like at the same school since I was four years old but that was literally me until like 18 you know mm. like I had lived in the same like tiny hometown outside London like honestly there's nothing going on in this town it's dead it's, it's like cute I'm glad I grew up here but there's really not much going on and like I never imagined that I'd get to travel that much in my life so it's just like weird looking back so you honestly can't even know like at my age maybe you'll be living in Korea who knows <laughs> yeah so cool. um going from some really cool travel to something a bit less exciting DV because I know that you did oh God, your yes. gold I just finished my bronze I haven't done the Ooh. expedition yet because um COVID of course mm. I don't know how that's gonna happen um, but any advice for me doing DMV? Oh yeah, but Will doesn't really know what this is. He's like, what's dope? <laughs> Wait, do you want to explain it? Uh, I tried to explain it before, but I feel like you would explain it better seeing as you've done gold if you want to give it a go. Oh God, okay, yeah. So it's like the Duke of Edinburgh Award. 
um, where you have to complete different sections in order to get this award. And there's three different levels, bronze, silver, and gold. And there's different time lengths and different challenges based off of which one you want to achieve. So bronze is like, you've got to volunteer for an amount of time. You've got to do a sport for an amount of time and some kind of skill for an amount of time. And then mm. you also have to do this expedition where you carry everything you need on your back. <laughs> like literally the tent, the food, all you have is a yep. compass and a map. <laughs> and for people who are like literally used to Google Maps, which is like me my whole life yeah, from me. a small town. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine being given a compass and, a map <laughs> and being told no. like, if you want to sleep tonight, you have to navigate yourself to this campsite? I would not. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's been crazy learning about the whole, like, UK system because I go to, my school does GCSEs, but I didn't personally take them. Oh, wow, yeah. But the more I talk to Carmen, the more she's like, well, then I have to begin my (laughs) A-levels, and then now with this, like, award, the Duke of Edinburgh, it's like, how much more is there? (laughs) Yeah. It is optional, but, like, Mm. I feel like most people do bronze. It's kind of like a rite of passage. Yeah. Um, I know someone who isn't even doing bronze I think a lot of people they think it sounds great and then they kind of are like oh Mm -hmm. well I didn't think it was this much we did our training weekend where we (laughs) did some (laughs) map reading and compass use and like lit fires at school which was great (laughs) (laughs) wow oh do you have to use like the trangia stove yeah I feel like that's just yeah. so classic DV. Like everyone uses the same like poor resources. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Advice for DV. Oh my god. Do you have any? Uh, okay. I think it, part of it depends on like your team and mm. how well you gel. Because like for example, I'm so bad at navigation. I put my hands up. I say like, <laughs> don't give me the compass and map. We will get lost. But it was like, it was fine. Because there was someone in the team whose skill was navigation. And I was like, mm-hmm. I will carry the trangia if you navigate <laughs> us. So I think it's just like working out people's strengths and weaknesses a bit more. Or like I really found um, when we were walking up a hard hill... There are some people who are just naturally going to find that harder than others. Mm-hmm. And a really good way to like keep team morale up is to get the slower people and put them in the front. Because I think there's just something so demotivating about being at the back when you're already struggling and like everyone seems like they're going so fast and so far ahead of you. So like if you put them in the front, it's more motivating and it like sets the pace in a good way. So yeah, I just think that's a good one. That is really good advice. Thank you. Okay, so moving back to your book, I would just love to know the writing process and, like, you being a student author. Again, it's just mind-blowing that you could, like, write an entire mm-hmm. book. Like, props to you. So I just want to hear about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> that was, like, one of the hardest terms of uni last term that I've just ever had and may ever have again. Because, like, doing uni and trying to write, keep up with all the essays, like, I have minimum one assignment a week. And then like moving country and stuff. And then also finishing the book. It was just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what really helped me was like having a, a really good routine around writing. So one of the things I talk about for studying is this idea of sanctity of space. Where like you choose a location and when you go there, like you're only doing one activity. Like for example, you're training your brain when you're in the kitchen to go cook and to go eat. When you're sitting in your bed, you're normally going to go to bed or go sleep or relax. So I would have this one cafe that I always went to when I wanted to write and I wouldn't let myself go on my phone. I wouldn't bring friends there. It's just when I went there, I would sit down for like two hours 
and just write. And I think that was really useful um, just to have this separation from my university life and like kind of keeping sanctity over that location. So that was good. Um, but also like moral support, I think mm-hmm. was so essential because one of the hardest things for me writing this book was actually imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know, I was just like, why am I the person to be writing this book? Like, I don't feel qualified. Like, where's my PhD in exam <laughs> techniques? You know, like I'm just some student who like thinks that they're like all right at studying and then like, I don't know, made a whole career out of it somehow. So yeah, like I really needed good people around me to like keep me motivated to be like, yeah, like you do have something worthy to say on this. Like you should keep writing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, out of interest, when did you like come up with the idea, or like where did the idea come from to start a book? Start mm. writing a book. Yeah, it was actually in my gap year that I decided I really wanted to, wanted to become a book. Um, I think because I could already see how, like post uni, I'd probably eventually transition out of study tube because it's kind of natural. Mm. But I didn't want all the stuff that I talked about to just like not be talked about anymore and I thought a book was a really good place to like have it all in one place you just read it you get all the tips and advice um it's less scattered throughout loads of different video content um Mm. and also allows more depth because I find with a lot of the topics about like mental health or perfectionism I kind of like scratch the surface in videos but a book allows you to be a lot more considered and like put it in the right words if that makes sense Mm. um so in my gap year I wrote some of the random passages but I never really I don't think I had faith in myself to like turn it into a proper book and then uh last year I was really lucky because a publisher actually contacted me and it just felt like you know when you have these moments of like manifestation or law of attraction I don't know if you believe in that kind of thing um (laughs) But it felt like I had put that idea out as something I really wanted and or felt like I needed. And they they came to me and pitched a book almost exactly similar to what I had written in my journal all those years ago. And it was just one of those moments where I gut feeling I felt like I had to do it, even if it was going to be hard during my uni semester to fit it in. Um, yeah, so then I wrote it. And now, so it's yeah, now it's here today. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Definitely. That's such a, you made such a good point at the beginning when you were talking about like dedicating a space or like a surrounding to one activity. Yeah. I feel like that can be applied to so many different things, not just like mm. writing a book. That's such a like nice intentional mindset. Which I, think... I really need to work on that. I just sit at my yeah, desk same. to do everything. <laughs> I mean, honestly, even me, like, even though I know that, it sort of changes the fact that like, I'll go to my desk and then like get out my phone, you know? Yeah. Definitely. On Instagram, YouTube, all of your social media, you are so authentic, I find, and just about so many things, like, you come Mm. across so genuine, and I just want to know, did it start like that? How did you grow to be, you know, so genuine on your platforms? Firstly, that means a lot, thank (laughs) you, just because, like, I don't know. You always wonder when you put out these videos what people actually think about you, even though I try not to care. Um, Yeah, I think I've always been fascinated with the power of social media to connect people. And I think the way that you connect most is when you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so even when it's really hard and I have things that like I definitely don't want to share or don't want to be known for, I just think about myself 
when I was like 14 using social media and just trying to think about the things I would have wanted to have seen or like the kind of role models I would have want to have, um, what things I needed to see discussed, or, like people being honest about. I think that's something I try and hold on to because um, social media has enough of the fake stuff. Like mm-hmm. we all know that. And it's always going to be harder to be real. But like when I meet people in person who've watched my content and like they say that it's helped them or changed their life in some way, I feel like I come back to why it matters to me to be so authentic just because Mm. like there are real people on the other side. So I might as well be a real person talking and then hopefully it'll benefit someone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love your like honest kind of chatty videos. I love that sort of thing. Oh, thank yeah, you. Me too, me too. <laughs> but like equally, you guys, I would say you're both very authentic online. Like, how do you think about being authentic? Is that hard? Uh, well, that's definitely something that I'm working on and also trying to find the kind of balance with authenticity mm. and privacy because, of course, there's some yeah. things which you have to think about before you share. But For yeah, sure. that's kind of something that I'm currently working on, becoming more authentic and sharing more but also being careful with what I choose to share and what Mm. I keep private yeah that's a good that's a good mindset I feel like over time I've developed a lot more like growth in that category I feel like at first I really wasn't that authentic but the Mm. more time I spend the more comfortable I get and for me the hardest part is like filming it and like making the decision to upload that oh for sure yeah afterwards it's always I mean I've never had a bad experience when I've chosen to be like raw and emotional on camera because people Mm. often can relate and you often feel like overwhelmed with positivity so it's been really nice that's so cool yeah Carmen you made a really good point though about privacy and like being honest I think this is something I really had to learn along the journey of like keeping my own boundaries just because I don't know it's so hard when what you're sharing is your life Mm. but then knowing that you don't want to share everything because these are also real people that you're going to meet one day and you know they're going to know everything about you (laughs) so I think it's really good that you're already having that mindset of like what do I want to keep mine but before we move on something that I love about your channel casual magic yeah I love it literally your your video on casual magic I loved it so much it was amazing um so if people you know haven't seen that on your channel don't really know who you are yet do you want to introduce them to the casual magic idea yeah for sure so casual magic is a very simple concept honestly I don't even know if I came up with this concept (laughs) it's been it's probably just been there for generations the idea is you know, not every day is going to be your wedding day or your graduation day or the Mm -hmm. best day of your life. And I feel like so much of our lives is spent waiting for those big moments to like justify being happy. When in reality, most of life is mundane. And Mm. the idea of casual magic is every single day trying to find something, something casual, something that like you could have missed in your mundane life, which is beautiful for whatever reason. So it could be a sunset or the way that the light's coming into your room or the fact that your mum made you breakfast or like I don't know a conversation you have with a friend that you just reflect on for one second and you're like oh like that was actually really nice yeah and I just think taking those moments for gratitude just improve your life and just make you a happier person yeah I love that concept me too ever since I watched that video like I kid you not my entire 
I've really tried to incorporate that into my perspective, and it's had really nice outcomes. So I appreciate you sharing that. No, it's so true. It's such a nice, such a nice mindset. Oh, thank you. Moving on to minimalism in both real life and digital world. I know you've talked a little bit more about your digital minimalism recently, mm-hmm. and I'm really intrigued by that because the only minimalism I've heard of is in the real world. And I think that mm. it's also important to not get lost on the internet. So I want to hear your perspective on how you've managed that and what you've done recent in recent times. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, so I guess the whole idea of minimalism is trying to reduce the clutter of life that we all have. So like physical clutter, like we live in a world of consumerism where Mm -hmm. advertisers are always trying to get us to buy more and they make you want something, but then when you finally have it, you just want something else. And I don't know, at the end of the day, like you come home and you've got all this stuff, but does the stuff actually make you that happy? So the idea of minimalism is to really question everything that you do have and the value that it's bringing to your life. Like, how often do you wear this? Like, does that make you happy every time that you wear it? Like, would you happily wear it for the next one year? Um, Yeah, and I think the way that you can also apply that mindset to your digital life is thinking about the activities that actually bring you value and then prioritizing those. So if your goal is, I don't know, to be more present and yet you find yourself mindlessly scrolling social media, then that's a moment where you can be like, okay, I need to reduce that clutter in the activities I'm doing mm-hmm. to like prioritize wellness and the value I want to bring to my life. Um, and I think a really simple way you can do this is looking at who you follow because so much of who you are is defined by your online environment and like the climate you surround yourself with. Um, so like, digital minimalism could be just reducing the number of people you follow to those that really meaningful like whose content you come away from feeling good about yeah a hundred percent i can totally relate i am no way a digital minimalist or a real life minimalist. (laughs) oh me neither i'm trying (laughs) yeah um but about a couple months ago i like had a i followed maybe like a thousand people on instagram and i was just thinking like are these people who i like actually want to see and like they do have a like the word influencer i've never loved it but it actually has a very like real meaning because you do have an influence on people who watch your content so I went through and I like unfollowed a bunch of people which kind of didn't wasn't the best feeling but afterwards it has had such a positive effect on me and now everyone who I see in my feed brings me some sort of benefit you know and it's a lot Mm. harder to mindlessly scroll as well if there's just less less content at your fingertips I guess that's true yeah I definitely need to find some time to do a bit of a digital declutter session yeah I feel like that's like a really good like action point for this episode like anyone listening just to, like cull their social media you know, and, like go through your following list and be like do I actually want to follow this person like yeah. do they actually make me feel good totally yeah. 100%. okay so let's talk a bit about travel I know that we mentioned it during like the university but I am I'm just very intrigued where have you been where are you planning on going um what have you noticed any cultural differences oh yes that's a big question Um, yeah that's a lot there's a lot to unpack there sorry but (laughs) yeah um maybe we can start with my gap year Uh so um in my gap year i was my my big plan was always to save up and then go travel in australia 
But in between that, I was also lucky enough to win a free interrail pass from the EU. I don't know if you like heard about this, but they gave away 15,000 free interrail passes to 18 year olds. And it's basically mm. a pass where like you can take any trains in Europe for free. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, was so, it was insane. And like, I was 18 at the time. So I applied for it. I didn't get it at the start, but I was put on the waiting list. I didn't think I was going to get it but then I won one and like all my friends were at university so like no one could come travel with me but I was like oh my god I have a free interrailing pass like I can't not use it mm -hmm. um, and so that was how I ended up solo traveling like straight out into my gap year age of 18 so cool. never been abroad alone yeah and my mum hated the idea my dad was like what the hell are you doing but I got on a train to Paris and then for one month I went around Europe and I went around France, Italy, Slovenia, I went to Vienna and then to the Netherlands and then back. And then yeah. I vlogged that as well. That is so really cool. cool. How was solo traveling? Because personally I've, also I'm 15, but like I've never solo traveled of course. I barely go out by myself. So <laughs> going from never doing that before to doing that for quite a while, what was that like in general? Yeah. Oh my god, it was so terrifying the first train I took. Like oh my god, I can't even I couldn't even navigate the tube at the time or like trains in the UK and yet here yeah, I was I thinking that I could go to places where like I don't know the language. Like <laughs> it was like a mess. Um but I think you actually gain a lot of trust in yourself because even if you make mistakes, you realize that like you can get yourself out of them. Like, okay, cool, I've taken the wrong train, but I'm somehow gonna get on the right one. You know, like I'm gonna speak to someone or use my apps and like hope for the best and get another train. And if it's the wrong one, I'll get on another one that's the right one. Um, and it was the first time as well that I had to go to like a hostel and speak to random people, which was so terrifying. Um, but again, has like absolutely helped shape who I am today and like my confidence in myself. So I think it was one of those things that's like so many scary moments, but every time that you get over one of them, you're like one step closer to just being a confident person in new situations. So yeah, it was like a really, really good experience. And I actually think like I kind of prefer solo travel in a lot of ways because it's, it just forces you to make new friends. Like if you travel mm. with someone, you might be tempted to stick with them or just go around the city with them. But like you have to make new friends and then, yeah, new experiences, new connections. It's cool. That sounds yeah, so definitely. great. I guess that's kind of the same as like when people do courses outside of school, if they go with a friend, they don't really meet new people. But if you go mm, on your own, true. you get to know all the people around you. Um, but how many languages can you speak? Because I know that you oh, can speak fluently. I mean, or at least a little bit, anyway. Yeah. So, like, absolutely fluently English, <laughs> Dutch. I'm like quite conversational because my mum's from the Netherlands mm. and my family like speak Dutch. My grandma pretty much only knows Dutch, so I've been learning that a lot and I have a really good conversation. Um, I can have like a very basic Korean conversation, which is. It just feels like a flex, but really, no, that's so like, cool. I don't know yeah, that is really cool. <laughs> I can read Korean, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then French and German, I know like a little bit. Like I can have a conversation. 
Yeah, I forgot what I was watching. I was watching something of yours very recently, and you talked about how, like, you accidentally said Entschuldigung instead of Excuse me, and yes. I found that so relatable. I was, because I'm kind of in the same space, where I'm trying to learn mm. a couple languages right now, and then I low-key forget how to speak English, so I often stumble over my words, but I'm kind of, like, in the transitional phase where I can understand things, but I can't speak things, mm. so it's, it's been difficult. Really Wait, cool. did you learn Germany? Did you learn Germany? Did you learn German <laughs> when you went to Germany? So it's kind of embarrassing that I don't know as much German as I should. But since I go to an international school where they speak English, it's been yeah. it's been difficult, especially with um, COVID when you can't really go out and like experience German. Um, but in recent months, I've really tried to deepen my understanding. So it's been it's been interesting. How's your German going in particular? Oh, um, it's okay. Like, I find I understand a lot more than I can speak just because, like, the yeah. word orders just feel so weird it's and so weird. unnatural. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's just so many cases for grammar. But yeah, like, understanding is getting there, which is good. I can so, barely yeah. understand English grammar, let alone other languages. <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm doing Latin GCSE because I didn't want oh, to do girl. an MFL. <laughs> so that's great. But Latin, I feel like that, again, such a flex. Who knows Latin? <laughs> yeah, no exactly. one. Literally. Exactly. I can... Also, I feel like, oh, I was going to say, Carmen, that's such a head start. I feel like any other language based on Latin, yeah. you're going to be like fluent in a month <laughs> of learning it. Yeah, because what I've done before, like, I used to know some German because I tried learning it a bit before I went, like, quite a few years ago. Used to speak quite a lot of French, lost it pretty much all now. Used to speak quite a lot of Spanish, can barely remember it now. So I'm kind of going the opposite direction. <laughs> I can speak less languages, but I think eventually I'll try and focus on one to learn again. That's cool, though. Yeah, definitely. Um on kind of back to the whole German thing. I'd love to hear how your time was in Berlin. Are you going back to Germany? Yeah. Yes, I am going back to Berlin because I was never meant to study there last term. I was only there because of COVID. So now uh -huh. I'm meant to be going there. Yeah, I kind of love to compare our situations because Ooh. I live in Southern Germany in like Bayern, Baden-Württemberg area. And I think that Berlin is such a unique place compared to the rest mm. of Germany. And I'd love to hear what that's like through your perspective. Oh yes. See the differences. That's true. Yeah, Berlin is definitely such an international city. Like you can get away with not speaking German quite easily. Whereas I've heard like Munich or just like in the south, Bavaria yeah. is no, no, a lot no, more no. German. Speaking. <laughs> definitely get away with <laughs> Your face English. says it all. <laughs> yeah. Um but also Berlin is probably the first place in my life where I've gone and I'm like, I just love this place. Like it has this vibe about it um it's got like so many green spaces people are just so chill people feel like they have this work-life balance that they don't have in London mm. like I don't know people clearly like work hard and do jobs and stuff but they just in the evening will go get a beer from one of these spaties like one of these like late corner shops and just walk by the river with their friends and just chill and chat and like there's always people playing music in the park um yeah and I just really love the city but I'm interested to hear hear your perspectives on living in Germany. Yeah, I, it's been definitely a cultural shock. Um, mm. It's really grown on me, though, at first. I think since I didn't speak as much German, I kind of, it seemed very cold, the culture there. Mm. They were a little more like not going to interact. But as I've spent more time there, I've come to appreciate a lot of the differences. Um, I did spend 
48 hours in Berlin once. That's been my entire experience Ooh. there. But <laughs> it was so, I definitely want to go back. It seems really nice. But it was so interesting to see how many different, like, how, sorry. He popular. <laughs> <laughs> probably my mom. But um, <laughs> how many different cultures there are in that country. Like, it was so interesting to see the differences in just, like, a short amount of distance. Overall, I love it. I want to stay longer. I keep pushing. Mm. We keep pushing our moving date. But in my future, after high school, I definitely would love to make it to northern Germany, kind of that area, and experience that a bit more. Oh, my God. Come visit me in Berlin. <laughs> definitely. I will in the fall. I have plans to go back up there. So. Oh, my gosh, yes. I don't know where you'll be. Carmen, you can come too. Solo travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've only ever been to Berlin in Germany, but it was quite a while ago, so I can barely remember it. Um, but I just remember it being really cool, like you were saying, Jade, a really nice city. Yeah. And obviously they've got so much history to it too. Like it's mm. such an interesting city because it's like got so much depth to it. And like the building is really beautiful and old and you know, all the like war stories. But at the same time, like, current day modern day berlin is just like techno and yeah party and so creative <laughs> yeah it has such an energy to it yeah, yeah they've definitely. done a really good job like preserving the history i feel like when i was there for the short amount of time everywhere i went every corner i'd turn there would be like some information mm. to read about or like some historical sure. artifact it's been really it was really cool to witness um so like you were saying before about minerva and all the seven cities sort of thing how did COVID change that for you? Because I know it has a bit, mm. but, you know, as I said, it's quite hard to keep up with all your different travels. Yeah. Um, in a few ways, I guess. So I was actually meant to study in India last year, mm. but because of COVID, like, you know, obviously I couldn't, which meant I was in Berlin in the first time. Um, so that's the only city that I'm going to go to twice. And in the end, I'm just not going to be going to India. Um, but like having said that I was so lucky to even be able to travel and study abroad like I know most people didn't have that experience and when I was in Germany I spent two months of it in total lockdown so you know that was like me being in an apartment with like a roommate and like another housemate and they basically became my family because they were the only people I saw for two months couldn't go to a cafe like couldn't go anywhere um yeah so like the social side was obviously affected a lot as well mm. um but the good thing about my uni is a lot of it is taught online. So like the active learning platform, they have their own one for the uni. So the actual teaching wasn't that affected, which actually just meant we got like the same amount of work, like the same amount of assignments, because it wasn't really an excuse, like the teaching was the same, but the social life was just way reduced and like the mm. amount of stuff we could do was reduced. Um, but then in Korea, I was really lucky to go to like a city which had handled COVID so well. And um, like, it was very strict. People wore masks literally everywhere. Like even on a mountain, when you saw like one other person, like everyone wear a mask at all times, like, you would never take it off. Um, but because of that, like most things were open and I lived kind of a normal life. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a favorite place you've been so far Ooh. or not one in particular? <laughs> That's so cruel. You can't compare places. No, yeah, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> Okay, do you know what I think is really hard? I think it's so hard to um, detach the place from, like, the people that yeah. you had there and the experiences. So it's, like, it's never really just the place. Like, it's totally, always... a 100%. Yeah, like, everything that went along with the place. Um, but I do love Berlin. 
Like, even though I spent two months of it in lockdown and I never got to experience, like, the nightlife or, like, all the stuff that people say Berlin is great for, like, I really loved the city. Um, I just think it has so much to offer. I think the people I met there were just, like, amazing and, like, had a really similar approach to life. Yeah, there's, like, an energy to it that, for some reason, drew me in. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Now, quickly before we get on to some of the questions that you guys left on our Instagram for Jade, Ooh, oh um, do you want to talk a bit about your veganism? Because that's really yes. cool. Um, yes. So I've actually, oh my God, this is, this makes me sound so old. I've been <laughs> vegan for five years now. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Ever since I was 16, which is mad. Um, but I've been vegetarian since I was seven. Wow, which is weird because like my, oh my family, yeah, my family were big meat eaters, but I don't know. I always loved animals, and then I think I watched like Charlotte's Web or something. I was like, oh wait, <laughs> like bacon? That's actually like a pig. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Um, but then my mum thought it was a phase. You know, like when you ki- when you're a kid, you come home and you're like, oh mom, like I'm not gonna eat this for a week. Like I've decided yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. She's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So she's like, oh, she'll grow out of it in like a week. Like she'll eat chicken again next week. Um, But I never grow out of it. So then my mum was like stuck with a vegetarian daughter (laughs) in like a meat eating family. And then, um, yeah. And then I went vegan when I was 16 because I watched some documentaries and I think I claimed a lot that like I really cared about like animal rights and sustainability and like all this stuff. But, like purposely ignored learning anything about the real impacts of animal agriculture because like I just knew that when I watched it I'd feel really guilty for like not doing anything about it mm-hmm. um and then when I finally did watch some stuff and, like educated myself a bit more I was like you know what I'll try a 30-day vegan challenge and then that was like quite hard to like start but after those 30 days I just felt a lot better health-wise for it and now it's just part of my life like it feels quite normal now yeah you're just like it's mind-blowing how impressive you are like on top of being a youtuber a (laughs) a student a solo traveler an author yeah you're also like a vegan like okay mind is blown but i'm definitely i'm definitely interested in veganism um i've recently become a vegetarian but it's it's been really difficult because my family all eats meat so again props to you for deciding to be vegan in a meat-eating household yeah it is tough and I think it also depends on where you are. Like the UK now is a lot easier to be vegan in or Berlin is like the vegan capital yeah. of the world. It's so easy. I was but... going to say, it was surprising how many vegetarian and vegan options I found because I made the transition in Germany and I was like, this is mm. so simple. Yeah, for sure. Else? Yeah. So like, I guess it definitely depends on where you live. And like people say that it doesn't have to be more expensive. And I don't think it does. Like you can get like chickpeas and quinoa and rice and all these things which are like honestly quite cheap but if you want to get like a meat substitute that's obviously gonna be a bit more expensive so I think yeah. it just depends on like your situation like if you live with family still it can be hard to like cook all your food mm. yeah, definitely. yeah all right should we move on to the questionnaire on our instagram story we've got some yeah. questions for you okay <laughs> hi guys um I've got one here from Amelie, and she's asking how to deal with stress, or at least how you deal with stress. Oh my god, such a good question. Hi, Amelie, I'm sorry you're stressed. (laughs) I get really stressed too. Um, Yeah, I'm really big into mindfulness and yoga, meditation. So for me, 
like the best way that I deal with stress is like turning or like turning my phone on airplane mode or like just switching off notifications and like getting off social media and then doing like a mindfulness meditation or a yoga flow on like YouTube or something like that um and I find even just like closing your eyes and sitting and doing breathing for 10 minutes like focusing on deep breaths honestly changes your brain like it literally has been proven that it can just take you out of whatever stress you're feeling and like give you a bit more perspective on it Mm. so that's really helpful for me yeah yeah definitely um caitlin's vlog asked what's it like being an influencer in 2021 which i think since you spent like what four years on the internet have you noticed any significant changes like having a big platform yes like kind of a sad one I feel like cancel culture is so much bigger in 2021 than it Mm. ever was. And I think part of it's driven by the pandemic and people being inside and having too much free time and a lot of negative, sad energy to spout into the internet. And also people have different opinions on COVID and how it should be dealt with. And like even, you know, something simple as not wearing a mask in a place where it's like optional to wear a mask something like that like I find people you know are way more um loud in how they respond to it being like oh like how dare you do this and da, 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 da. so I think sometimes yeah it can just be a bit more cancelling yeah. mm. but in general like you know there's still so much goodness online and still much good connection to be found yeah I think it's just like a been a bad year for everyone <laughs> yeah definitely. definitely I think that's such a good point um, I have one here from Florence and she's asking what's your MBTI type if you know oh my god yes ENFP Ooh, that's really yeah, different from like... mine yeah I have... <laughs> Ooh, really? I'm in INFJ oh okay I can see that what about you Will do you know yours I think it was the INTJ Ooh. ooh. So we're yeah, all ends. We're really different. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is that nurturing? <laughs> I don't really I th- remember. I don't remember. <laughs> really, yeah. Cowgirl.ray asked, how do you stop yourself from overthinking? If you do, I don't because you talked about this at the beginning, but do you have any yeah. tips for when you when you do get into that mindset, how to get out of it? That's such a good question. I don't think you can ever really stop overthinking. Like, I don't know, I have a really good friend and he's just finished a degree in psychology. And he said that there is no overthinking. It's just thinking like, (laughs) I don't know. That's just how some people process things. Um, But at the same time, I find when my brain feels really cluttered again, like meditation or exercise or like going outside um, really helps me. And I think just like sitting in one place and like scrolling it's just like the worst thing you can do but it's probably what we all end up doing anyway because it's just the world we live in but it really just doesn't help um so whatever's causing you stress like for me actually something I've been overthinking a lot is the climate crisis like I'm just really scared (laughs) like the world's just not doing too well um and sometimes I just like get quite emotional about it like overthink it Mm. um which can leave me feeling quite paralyzed so either like putting something into action like if you're overthinking school like actually going and doing something about it like making a to-do list and then just like starting or like removing yourself from that mindset so like speaking to someone or going and doing meditation or like running Mm -hmm. that is such good advice true i know how do you have all these answers just loaded up i really don't (laughs) (laughs) 
don't know what I'm saying. Um, I think one last question I have from Annie, and she's asking, what advice would you give for your younger self? Which is a big oh. question. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay, I think I would tell my past self that you are enough. I know oh. it's really simple, but I just think I was someone who always like felt like I needed to do more or like wanted more school-wise or was just stressed about unnecessary things and just the idea that yes you can strive for those things but at the same time like you are enough where you are right now and like appreciating Mm. where you are is really important just enjoying life yeah oh that's that's great great. yeah I need to do that (laughs) yeah No, but okay, can I just say, you guys are so insane. The fact that you've got, like, this podcast is amazing. Already your online presences, I'm like, wow. Like, you're doing the most at your ages. Like, wow. Aww, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> we were just hyping each other up in this episode. Yeah, literally, this has been so nice. Cute. This has been therapeutic. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. This means so much yeah. to both of us. Um, it's been Aww. really great having you. Thank you for sharing everything. Um, guys, jade's socials as well as her book which is out today mm-hmm. are linked in the description of this podcast so yeah go check those out also you could go, go to your local waterston's bookshop yes. see if it's there that's actually <laughs> what i'm gonna be doing today like when this goes out today that's just gonna be me going into a shop being like no way did i write this oh my god that's gonna be crazy so great. That's so great. Yeah. thank you so much for having me thank you for coming thank up you. here Yeah, okay. Bye. Bye, guys.